views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day for this great nation uh, because of some developments in the Middle East. One of the masterminds of the Hamas murderous attack of October 7th uh, has gone to Hades. He is no longer in our world. He was hit by uh, an Israeli airstrike. The uh, commander's name, who is uh, supposed to be responsible for those uh, hang gliders that they are so proud of uh, in a triumph of technology. In any event, uh, the uh, Nasim Abu Ajina was the commander of the Beit Lahia Battalion of Hamas's Northern Brigade. He died last night in an airstrike in, uh, in Gaza that actually targeted his home. Uh, there is also this just reported that a Hamas military wing spokesman announced that the terror group will release a number of hostages, but not Israeli hostages. With uh, foreign nationalities, they have every imaginable European nationality. They still hold 239 hostages. There's a terrible, terrible story about a, a German family uh, identifying the beheaded body uh, then they used it using DNA uh, of a hostage who apparently was recently killed and thrown out onto the street. Uh, we will bring you that story without more detail than absolutely necessary. In any event, the spokesman who uses the name Abu Ubaida says that the decision by Hamas to uh, release some uh, foreign nationality hostages, non-Israeli hostages, comes as a result of the mediation of some countries. Which ones? Who knows? Abu Ibeda also denies that Israel freed the IDF soldier uh, Ori Megadish uh, from Hamas captivity yesterday, uh, the story that we covered on the air as it happened. Uh, they have pictures of her together with her family. And you can only imagine the relief. A 23-year-old uh, corporal in uh, the IDF and the Israel Defense Forces. Uh, the uh, spokesman for Hamas says that Megadish... Uh, must have been abducted and held by another terror group. Uh, could be Palestinian uh, Islamic Jihad, which is a rival terror group that has uh, actually done battle at times with Hamas, together with Hamas on the same side and against Hamas. But around 50 of the hostages are said to be in the hands of uh, other terror groups other than Hamas, most notably the Islamic Jihad, the claim cannot be verified. Uh, weighing in on Israeli domestic affairs, which I'm sure has a great influence on Israeli domestic affairs, the terror group spokesman uh, claims that the war will mean the end of the political career of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, noting that if he managed to free only one hostage one month into the war, it will take him another 20 years to free the rest of them. 
Uh, Abu Obeda reiterates calls on the Islamic nation to rise up and to join the battles to defend the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Uh, nothing has happened to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Nothing is going to happen to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. This, of course, is madness like so much of what is going on. There's also a Senate committee, uh, the Senate Appropriations Committee, that uh, was interrupted today by demonstrators who were demanding a ceasefire. And uh, this, uh, what was happening was that um, Secretary Blinken, the Secretary of State, who, by the way, has been doing just an outstanding job representing our country and representing the foreign policy, whatever weaknesses you may find in Joe Biden and his administration. Um, Antony Blinken has been impressive. And he was there at the Senate committee speaking about some of the heinous uh, crimes, uh, the heinous crimes of Hamas. And uh, he was describing a family that was attacked on October 7th. This is when he was interrupted by demonstrators, as you will hear. Here is Secretary Antony Blinken. And if you'll forgive me, because, again, these stories recede so quickly. Uh, a family at its breakfast table at one of the kibbutzes. And by the way, the profound irony of attacks on kibbutzes, the very people who most ardently believe and want a future of peace between Israelis and Palestinians, a future of two states. Uh, a family of four, a young boy and girl, six and eight years old, and their parents around the breakfast table. The father, his eye gouged out in front of his kids. The mother's breast cut off. The girl's foot amputated. The boy's fingers cut off before they were executed. And then their executioners sat down and had a meal. That's what this society is dealing with. And no nation could tolerate that. And as we've said repeatedly, as President Biden has repeatedly made clear, Israel has not only the right, but the obligation to defend itself and to try to take every possible step to make sure this doesn't happen again. And uh, then he went on about Israel's goal in the current war. Uh, clip B. We've been equally clear that it is vitally important how Israel does this. And the imperative of doing everything possible to protect civilians as well as to care for those who are endangered by the conflict is something that we feel strongly. Um, you're, of course, right that this is a special burden on Israel because Hamas cynically and monstrously puts intentionally civilians in harm's way by hiding behind them, by using them as human shields, by placing its people, by placing its equipment, uh, by placing its ammunition, uh, its uh, weapons, its command posts, underneath hospitals, underneath schools, in residential complexes. But for each of us, and particularly for democracies like Israel and the United States, we have to bear the burden of doing everything we possibly can to ensure that civilians uh, are not harmed and to care for those who need our help. Okay, as he was continuing and talking about why a ceasefire would help Hamas, he was interrupted by demonstrators who poured fake blood all over their hands and held them up. And 
it sounded like this. These are demonstrators from Code Pink, if you remember them, led by Media Benjamin, who's actually been a guest on this show. Uh, this is what it sounded like this morning. 13. Not in the face of Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Not in the face of an intensifying strategic competition in the Indo-Pacific and around the world. If the witness will suspend, and I ask that everyone again respect this hearing, we will suspend until the room is cleared. And the confrontation at the uh, Senate committee, it's the Appropriations Committee. They're talking about appropriating money to help uh, Israel and to make up for some of Israel's own losses with internal refugees and more. Uh, we'll bring you what happened uh, next. They also had to deal with the demonstrators' Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Another formidable character. We will be right back with more on The Medved Show. I hate this! The Michael Medved Show. I hate what you've done to us! I hate what you're doing to us! I hate... Your cultural crusader. This is The Michael Medved Show. And today, this morning, when uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken was commenting about some of the horrors of Hamas and what the terror organization really is about, a terror organization supported, shockingly, by uh, a stunning number of Americans on the extreme and crazy left. In fact, uh, Americans on the extreme and crazy left with what is called Code Pink, uh, they also were uh, extremely outspoken protesters of the United States counter-terror efforts in Afghanistan, Iraq, and elsewhere. Uh, so they have a long history of basically defending terrorists. Uh, Secretary Blinken was speaking... Uh, about this idea of a ceasefire uh, and why the ceasefire was an unacceptable idea. Here is uh, Antony Blinken, Secretary of State. When it comes to a ceasefire, in this moment, you're exactly right. Uh, that would simply consolidate what Hamas has been able uh, to do uh, and allow it uh, to uh, remain where it is and potentially repeat what it did uh, another day. And that's not tolerable. Uh, no nation would tolerate it. We do believe that uh, we have to consider things like humanitarian pauses to make sure that assistance can get to those who need it and that people can be protected and get out of harm's way. But we can't have a, a situation where there's a reversion to the status quo, where when this is over, it goes back to Hamas being responsible for the governance uh, and uh, so-called security uh, of Gaza because that's simply an invitation to repeat what happened. And again, no nation would tolerate that. 
And uh, then there was uh, yet another protester, this part of that Code Pink group. And by the way, this represents a failure for Senator Patty Murray, who is the uh, president pro tem of the U.S. Senate right now. But she was uh, chairing this meeting, and uh, the protesters came in. They were very obviously going to protest, and this is what Code Pink does. Remember, they, they have a long history of having to be dragged out of these committee hearings while they are shrieking and screaming. And the shrieking and screaming sounded like this. The president and I have both stressed the need for Israel to operate by the leader. Committee will suspend. Let them be at the table. Why aren't they at the table? Cease fire now! I beg you! Cease fire now! Secretary Blinken, you may continue. Thank, Thank you. you, Chair. So I was saying, the President and I have both stressed in our conversations with the Israeli government the need for Israel to operate by the law of war and in accordance with international humanitarian law and to take all possible measures to avoid civilian casualties. And uh, later today, the um, <clears throat> speaking at the same Senate hearing, uh, oh, <laughs> okay, here, here is, uh, at the, this is, to just finish this little episode, uh, for, for people who think that the life of a U.S. Senator is glamorous or wonderful or exciting or jet-setty, I, can you imagine dealing with this? Because it's a serious matter of life and death right now. And again, it's a struggle of good and evil. If the Hamas killers don't count as evil, who does? How do you define it? There's actually a terrific piece by Lance Murrow in the um, Wall Street Journal about defining evil. We will get to that. But uh, Secretary or Senator Patty Murray of the state of Washington had to shut down the hearing at uh, this point. Uh, listen. Please fire now! Save the children of Gaza! Save the children of Gaza! Cease fire now! Where is your pride, America? Nice that people feel very passionately, but I ask that we have order in this hearing room and respect our speakers. We will move forward with the hearing uh, and allow the people here and the American people to hear from their witnesses. 3,500 kids dead. Come on, I'm an army colonel. I'm a former diplomat. I resigned on that war in Iraq that you talked about. That was a terrible thing, and what we're doing right now in supporting Israel's genocide of Gaza is a terrible thing, too. Stop, Thank you, Secretary Blinken. If you can continue, please. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the president's funding request has four key elements. First. Okay. <laughs> and the funding request we're talking about is uh, funding uh, emergency support. I think it comes to $14 billion uh, to uh, help Israel. Uh, curb forever this evil terrorist organization. The uh, IDF has uh, announced, by the way, that, uh, and this that was on X, formerly Twitter, uh, fighter jets guided by intelligence information from the Shin Bet, that's the Israeli intelligence, the CIA for Israel, 
killed last night the commander of the Beit Lahia Battalion in the northern division of Hamas, Nasim Abu Ajina, who sent the murderous attacks of Hamas on October 7th to Kibbutz Erez and the Moshav Nativ Hatara. In the past, he commanded the Hamas Air Force and took part in the development of the terrorist organization's drone and paraglider capabilities. His elimination constitutes a significant damage to the efforts of the terrorist organization Hamas in disrupting the ground operations of the IDF. Israel said its forces attacked Hamas gunmen inside the terrorists' vast tunnel network beneath the Palestinian enclave of Gaza over the last day. Uh, the tunnels are a prime objective for Israel as it expands ground operations inside Gaza to wipe out Hamas, which rules Gaza following its deadly surprise attack on southern Israel three weeks ago. And as for the terrorists that they took off the board, uh, he was responsible as the head of the hang glider operation for most of the killing at that uh, uh, Nova Tribe uh, uh, festival concert that they were having out in the desert where there were 260 people representing 10 different nationalities from all over the world uh, who were were killed, shot, mutilated, uh, raped. Uh, some of the women there, there are at least 260 people from that rock concert who were killed. So what happens next? Uh, Turkey, the president of Turkey, the strong man there, he's hardly a democratically respectable uh, leader of state, head of state. But Rasip Tayyip Erdogan has said that Turkey is going to get involved in this war. Is he serious? We'll be talking with Michael Rubin, senior fellow at American Enterprise Institute, who specializes in Iran, Turkey, and the broader Middle East. We'll be right back with him. Glad to welcome back to the show Michael Rubin, uh, who has joined us often before. He is a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, where he specializes in Iran, uh, Turkey, and the broader Middle East. A former Pentagon official, Dr. Rubin has lived in post-revolution Iran, in Yemen, and both pre- and post-war Iraq. He has also spent time with the Taliban before 9-11. Uh, for more than a decade, he taught classes at sea about the Horn of Africa and Middle East conflicts, culture, and terrorism to deployed U.S. Navy and Marine units. Uh, Michael, I'm uh, glad to speak to you. I know you've been watching the progress of the war so far. Right now, the people who are anti-war uh, are simply focused on a ceasefire, ceasefire, ceasefire. It's what you hear from all of the demonstrators, the ones who interrupted the Senate hearings this morning, the ones on college campuses. Can you explain to people very directly why it is that uh, a ceasefire amounts to handing victory to Hamas? Well, the reason, Michael, why 
a ceasefire would be a victory not only for Hamas, but also for Iran, would be, number one, it would involve legitimizing Hamas. Number two, while we can talk in theory about humanitarian assistance flowing in to the Gaza Strip, remember, Hamas has used that humanitarian assistance, construction material, and so forth, to build a web of more than 300 miles worth of tunnels. In fact, while um, some journalists say, look, the hospitals are running out of fuel, Hamas is warehousing fuel. So this would be a repeat of what we saw in North Korea, where we were providing food and heavy oil, but it wasn't going to the ordinary people. Then the question is, do you want to reward Hamas? and not benefit the regular people? Do you want to make it more difficult to defeat Hamas? And we could have asked the same questions about the Islamic State, or, um, uh, I mean, back when they were controlling Mosul and Raqqa and we were facing urban warfare. Do you want to give them a way out, or do you want to defeat them and actually liberate the people who are who are living under their wrath? You, you have studied Turkey a great deal, and uh, now the whole world knows that uh, Iran has been directly involved with Hamas and Hezbollah on the northern border of Israel and the Houthis in, uh, in Yemen and more. But is there a realistic possibility that Turkey would get directly involved in this war on the side of Hamas? Well, Turkey not directly involved. What Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the leader of Turkey, is doing is just playing to the street and trying to distract people from the fact that his economy is in the tank, that um, at the 100th anniversary they're, they're living much worse than they were living 20 years ago before he took power. But two weeks before the terrorist attack that launched this crisis in the Middle East, Israel in- intercepted Uh, chemicals, precursors, and other weaponry coming from Turkey to Hamas. In the past, Recep Tayyip Erdogan has tried to supply Hamas. If people remember the Mavi Marmara flotilla in 2010, Um, the thing to understand is that Hamas comes from a Muslim Brotherhood background. Recep Tayyip Erdogan comes from a Muslim Brotherhood background. And so intellectually, they are cousins. And even though Turks, of course, are not Arabs, uh, neither, for that matter, are Iranians, it, as you've been following the war closely. It's part of your job. Uh, how would you say uh, that matters on the ground are proceeding so far? I know today they acknowledged the IDF that two IDF soldiers had been killed. Uh, how, how do you think the war is proceeding right now? Well, certainly Hamas has been surprised by the ferocity of the assault on Gaza. In the past, there was some symbolic action that Israelis called it mowing the lawn, but nothing this sustained, and there's no sense, that there, there's no indication that the Israelis are going to uh, stop anytime soon. That said, urban warfare is very difficult. Um, many in Israel have been waiting after a two-day delay with no news or any word about the casualties that the Israeli Defense Force has suffered. Because remember, Israel is such a small society that everyone knows someone who is either being held hostage or has been mobilized or was killed in the terrorist attack. So if Israel had only lost two people in the situation that is far worse than what 
what um, people face when fighting the Islamic State, then that's nothing short of miraculous. Unfortunately, it appears that Israel is going to suffer much more before they rid the world of Hamas. Uh, however, they have determined that even though they will take casualties far beyond what they have um, come to expect in recent years, that the price is worth it, that they can no longer live side by side with Hamas. The uh, goal is to eradicate Hamas, this massive evil blight from the earth. Uh, is that an achievable goal, do you believe? You know, Michael, I think that is an achievable goal. Some people might say, hey, look, Hamas is a fact of life. And indeed, ever since they staged their coup against the Palestinian Authority in the Gaza Strip in 2007, they have educated um, school children and controlled the government, controlled the resources, hijacked international aid. But remember, 40-some-odd years ago, actually more like 50 years ago, we had the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, which was a murderous group. And the world didn't simply um, wring their hands and say, hey, these guys might be killing a million people, but they're a fact of life. The simple fact is that sometimes when you're confronted by these assaults on the, inter on the liberal order, you can't let them metastasize. You've got to get rid of these groups. Israel for too long thought that they could kick the can down the road. Well, the road has now ended, and we're going to see Israel do what um, they feel they need to do. And uh, the possibility of a new front opening up on the north with Hezbollah, aided directly by Iran. Uh, so far, it's been, it hasn't exploded fully yet, has it? Well, you're absolutely right, Michael. It hasn't exploded fully. And honestly, I don't think it will yet. And the reason is, if there was ever to be an Iran-Israel war, if Israel was to strike at Iran's nuclear program, Iran's retaliation would be by using Hezbollah to launch all their missiles at Israel. Well, if, Israel, if Hezbollah goes ahead and launches all their missiles at Israel, then Iran knows, you know, from an Israeli perspective, they don't suffer any harm from actually doing what they feel needs to be done and addressing the Iranian threat much more directly. So Iran at this point in time, I believe, is restraining Hezbollah. And uh, may that only continue. Uh, do you believe it's a matter of weeks, months, or years before there's a resolution? Well, we'll put it this way. It's a matter of weeks for the active phase of this fight. But if Hamas's rule is extinguished, if the Hamas leaders or the Hamas rank and file get sent to Qatar or Malaysia or Russia or Lebanon, they're still going to be mopping up operations. And you still have a tremendously scarred psychologically population. They have been subject to incitement for years. We're talking about a multi-decade project to repair the damage which Hamas has done in the Gaza Strip. Michael Rubin, his uh, most recent columns, which are always insightful and informative, are posted at our website at michaelmedved.com. Here at home, a warning from the FBI director just issued about the terror threat here in the United States. Uh, we will get to that and more coming up on the Medved Show. 
1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's 1-800-955-1776. There was more testimony before a committee of the U.S. Senate um, that happened uh, just within the last couple of hours where the director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, who you'll remember was appointed uh, to uh, succeed uh, James Comey when he was fired. He was appointed by President Trump. And uh, he has continued through the Biden administration and uh, again... Uh, he has a serious job right now as director of the FBI with a, a rise in hate crimes um, being registered everywhere across the country, hate crimes against uh, black people, uh, Jewish people, uh, Islamic people sometimes. But there's a also uh, the rise in actual terrorism threats that are connected to the ongoing war in the Middle East. Here is uh, Director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, this morning. Listen. Most pressing national security threats, that w what we face and, and what we're doing to tackle them are always important, but it seems especially well-timed this year with the dangerous implications the very fluid situation in the Middle East has for our homeland security. The reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023, but the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States to a whole nother level. Since the horrific terrorist attacks committed by Hamas against innocent people in Israel a few weeks ago, we've been working around the clock to support our partners there and to protect Americans here at home. We assess that the actions of Hamas and its allies will serve as an inspiration the likes of which we haven't seen since ISIS launched its so-called caliphate several years ago. In just the past few weeks, multiple foreign terrorist organizations have called for attacks against Americans and the West. Al-Qaeda issued its most specific call to attack the United States in the last five years. ISIS urged its followers to target Jewish communities in the United States and Europe. Hezbollah has publicly expressed its support for Hamas and threatened to attack U.S. interests in the Middle East. And we've seen an increase in attacks on U.S. military bases overseas carried out by militia groups backed by Iran. Here in the United States, our most immediate concern is that violent extremists individuals or small groups will draw inspiration from the events in the Middle East to carry out attacks against Americans going about their daily lives. That includes not just homegrown violent extremists inspired by a foreign terrorist organization, but also domestic violent extremists targeting Jewish or Muslim communities. Okay, this is... <laughs> This is serious stuff. Uh, there's also a, a report um, on NBC and elsewhere. Uh, a Las Vegas man has been charged with threatening to assault 
uh, kidnap or murder United States Senator Jackie Rosen. Uh, According to a criminal complaint, John Anthony Miller, who was 43, had left Rosen a stream of vile and anti-Semitic voicemails. Uh, Jackie Rosen happens to be Jewish. In uh, which he vowed to, quote, finish what Hitler started. Miller went on to threaten uh, the Nevada senator's family, her husband, her daughter, and showed up at a Las Vegas courthouse suggesting he was there to see Rosen. Uh, He was uh, arrested last week before appearing in federal court on Friday, charged with threatening a federal official. Uh, This is the way that issue was reported by NBC. Uh, He was uh, arrested on threatening to assault, kidnap, or murder the United States senator with intent to impede, intimidate, or interfere uh, with their uh, uh, official duties. Now, Senator Jackie Rosen spoke just moments ago to our colleague Frank Thorpe, uh, confirmed that it was indeed her uh, who was the recipient of this. And uh, by the way, the Justice Department didn't name her, but she is confirming to us that it was her. She said, quote, we have to always take the threat seriously. She went on to say she has full faith in the Justice Department that they'll take care of the situation and noted that she only saw the indictment herself today for the first time. She added that this is what Jews all around the world are facing uh, in light of recent events, the escalating situation in the in the Middle East. Now, uh, a, a few things about Senator Rosen that might, you know, shed light on why she was targeted in this manner. She served as the president of Nevada's largest synagogue before getting elected senator. She's the third female Jewish senator in American history. Okay. And uh, so she received voicemail. By the way, a a terrorist who leave voicemail messages, um, he left a message that said... uh, uh, you let your own family members kill these uh, Palestinians in the West Bank, the Christians in the West Bank. There are very few Christians in the West Bank right now. Uh, Senator, I'm sorry to say, but you know what? You're a piece of beep, and you're going to burn in beep hell for your beep crimes. Uh, after... Um, Being refused entry into the courthouse, Miller became irate and yelled profanities as he walked along Las Vegas Boulevard uh, to kill every last Israeli terrorist, uh, Miller said. Video was captured of him standing outside of the courthouse as he screamed with what looked to be a cigarette in his right hand and a Palestinian flag draped around his left arm. He also wore a black shirt uh, with Jesus' face on it, uh, dark sunglasses and tan khaki shorts. Uh, he uh, left another voicemail uh, which said uh, on October 24th, uh, watch out, B-word, your whole F family's in danger, uh, B-word. Uh, this is... Uh, uh, this is not good. There's a uh, there's an editorial today in the Wall Street Journal, which uh, is is hard hitting and doesn't pull punches. It says that uh, the disturbing fact of the past month is that Jews are under attack 
not only in Israel and not only by Hamas, the week since the barbaric October 7th Hamas invasion of Israel have witnessed physical assaults on Jews the world over, including in the U.S. and Europe, the most modern of pogroms, global, televised, politicized, demonstrates exactly what is at stake as Israel ramps up its defensive war against Hamas in Gaza. The Islamist group and its Western enablers are pursuing or justifying a genocidal war against Jews, not merely a territorial dispute with Israel. And since Western governments too often seem unable to protect the Jewish minorities in their midst, Israel must defend itself as the only safe home for the Jewish people. This weekend, hundreds of rioters in Dagestan, Russia, stormed an airport in search of Jewish travelers. And by the way, it dragged uh, at least 20 of those Jewish travelers out of the plane and uh, and beat them. They were hospitalized. Uh, Mobs raided hotels in other parts of the North Caucasus looking for Jews in a Jewish community center under construction in the city of Nalchik, this is in Russia, was the target of an apparent attack. Germany has witnessed a spate of anti-Semitic incidents, including an attack with Molotov cocktails against a synagogue in Berlin on October 18th. Do you remember hearing about that? With everything else going on, it hasn't got much publicity. Jews found Stars of David painted on their homes, an echo of the Nazi persecution. German politicians have been forceful in their denunciations, but apparently not forceful enough in their policing. Two Jewish schools in London closed for a period over safety concerns, and some British Jews no longer feel safe wearing visible symbols of their faith. They're probably right to worry the state can't protect them. Tens of thousands of protesters in London over three successive weekends called for jihad and chanted from the river to the sea, a demand for the erasure of Israel and by extension its citizens. In Sydney, Australia, a crowd chanted, gas the Jews, gas all the Jews, after the Hamas attack. Uh, what is to be done? And uh, what about the funds for that other war, the war in Ukraine? Uh, we will get to that and to much more in this uh, greatest nation on God's green earth.